Hey there, it's Janie Porter, and this is She Just Glows, the podcast. I'm gonna help you find joy and purpose in your life just as it is today. Not tomorrow, not when life is perfect, not when you win a million dollars or your kids finally stop peeing on the seat, but right now. I'm a life coach, a writer, a wife, and a mom of four. And just like you, I spend my days fighting through the pressure to be thin, happy, and have the perfect house and the perfect life. But here's the thing, I've never found perfection. What I have found is that it's so much better to just be real. So grab a cup of coffee and join me like you would a girlfriend. We'll talk mom life, body image, letting go of the lie of perfection, and learning to thrive in the chaos of our world today. You've got your own life coach in your back pocket now. This is She Just Glows, the podcast. Okay, it's that time of year. Uh, we're readjusting to new schedules. We are um, changing up some of the routines. And with that can come a lot of challenges with the kids. And as a result, we can get so frustrated. And so I wanted to take this opportunity to share a post that is all about this oh-so-relatable fire at the back of your throat. When your kids are just getting under your skin you can't escape and you're about to do something that you're going to really regret anyone relate so what I want to do today is read a post that's all about that feeling and if you felt this feeling you're normal especially at this time of year after I read this post from 2016 I want to share with you three things that really help me when it comes to losing my cool with my kids. Three things that have helped me, three things that have helped me um, take the shame out of this whole cycle. And we all have it. Raise your hand if you've never yelled at your kids. Please contact me if you are one of these people who has never yelled at their kids because I'm convinced you don't exist. It's like a magical unicorn I will never meet. So I'm gonna read this post. And then I'll share a few things that are helping me right now in my journey, okay? So this is actually a true story. It's from a friend of mine. I'll call her Carrie. She's 31 years old. She's happily married. She has three daughters, four years old and under. And back in 2016, I'd posted um, an article called Dear Depressed Moms, You're Not Alone. And after reading that post, which I'll share in the episode notes, she contacted me to tell me her story. Uh, uh, about a day when everything got out of control. Ready? Here's her story. Mom, I want orange juice. It was just like any other morning. Last night's dinner dishes were pouring out of the kitchen sink. The baby was crying and the toddler had just dropped her breakfast on the floor. Ugh, not again, Carrie sighed under her breath. She bent down and used her fingertips to sweep the still warm scrambled eggs off the linoleum floors and back onto the paper plate. No, her toddler screamed, kicking her legs on the floor. I want those. Inside, Carrie could feel it. A hot tinge in her chest a fire that threatened to grow. Mommy, can you get me a fork? Her preschooler asked. Not right now, hang on. Oh no, I just dropped my milk. And inside, the fire grew hotter. Breathe deep, 
the crying and the whining and the requests and the needs. So many needs all the time. And with each whiny syllable, it was like her daughters were squeezing lighter fluid onto a fire inside her chest, a fire that was spreading slowly and silently. After breakfast, it was time to get dressed. Carrie asked the toddler to put on her red skirt, but there were tears and dramatics and then 13 minutes of reasoning about the different options, the green shorts and the pink jeans and the frilly skirt. And as each new option was introduced, the fire grew hotter and hotter. It was starting to feel out of control. Eventually, Carrie couldn't even talk about the outfit anymore. She didn't even care. Without a word, she got up and walked away. Her daughter cried. Carrie moved on to the preschooler, a four-year-old who has some sensory issues and hates having her hair brushed. And just like every morning, Carrie brushed her hair. And just like every morning, her daughter cried for several minutes afterwards. Again, Carrie felt that lava simmer inside her chest, that thick, heavy fire that kept growing. Soon it was going to consume her. I have to go to my room, I'm gonna lose it. She put the baby in her crib, went into her room and closed the door. She looked in the mirror. It was 10 a.m. She hadn't brushed her hair or changed out of her pajamas or eaten breakfast or even gone to the bathroom since she'd woken up. She sat down on the toilet to pee. And then, banging on the door, Mommy! Her preschooler came in sobbing. That plastic piece had fallen off her Doc McStuffins toy again, and now it wouldn't work. Still sitting on the toilet, Carrie put it back together for her. Please go out of my room now, Carrie told her. Her voice had risen. Her tone was sharp. Something was different. Her daughter walked out. As Carrie stood up, she pulled her yoga pants up and saw her preschooler in her room again. Carrie gulped. The fire inside was licking the back of her throat. Mom, it broke again, the toddler yelled through tears. It's coming. I can't fix it anymore. Please leave my room. Carrie's emotionless demeanor had escalated into a yell. It was shrill and desperate. Please leave me alone, she thought. The fire was about to explode. The door closed and opened again. Mom, it's still not. Get out now. The flames shot out of her mouth. The rage fire, the frustrations, the broken toy and the hair brushing and the spilled eggs, all of them exploded out of her. The fire inside that could no longer be controlled was out and raging, screaming and yelling and shrieking. All of the awfulness and all of the frustrations and all of the tedious conversations, all of the I need to pee and please help me do this, all of it was coming out in one furious rage. Carrie's heart was pounding and she could not stop. Each word detonated out of her mouth like a machine gun, being shot at a target over and over and over and over and over. 
but the target was a four-year-old little girl. The same girl she'd carried in her womb for nine months and taught how to blow kisses and sing songs and eat her vegetables. The same girl who loves to give butterfly kisses and snuggle at 4 a.m. The same girl who loves riding her scooter and tickling mommy to make her laugh. That same girl was ground zero for one huge, uncontrolled explosion that came from the mouth of her mother. Carrie grabbed the broken toy and walked into her daughter's room and threw it as hard as she could onto the floor. I am not fixing that stupid toy again. Then she picked up her four-year-old and flung her body under her bed like a rag doll. Stay in your bed and do not get up. And she picked up her two-year-old and threw her onto her bed. Stay in your bed and do not get up. Shaking, Carrie retreated to her room, slammed the door, and collapsed into a ball on the floor. She couldn't even hear the baby crying. She wailed, totally and utterly uncontrollably. She buried her head in her hands. She shook. The room spun. After a few minutes, she managed to steady her fingers enough to type out an email to her husband. Things are bad. I need you to come home. In the days that followed, Carrie sought help. She called her midwife. She called her therapist. She told her husband not to leave her alone with their kids. She was prescribed Zoloft and started taking it. For the first few days, she sobbed uncontrollably, and it was awful. And then, five days in, she realized something had changed. She realized she felt better again. I still have no idea what came over me that day. What I did was not okay and will never be okay. It was so wrong, she explained to me as we sat on the floor of her daughter's bedroom on a Thursday morning three months later. It was terrifying and crazy. When you're at that level of rage, it is totally uncontrollable. I can totally see how moms drive their minivans into the ocean or drown their kids in a bathtub. All of your buttons have been pushed, she said. And the baby's crying and the kids whining and the toys breaking and all of these normal mom things have battered your nerves down to a pulp. And at that point, anything is possible. And it's absolutely terrifying. To this day, Carrie still doesn't know if it was hormones or chemical imbalance or postpartum or ADHD, which she is currently being tested for. She has a history of anxiety and has experienced a few panic attacks in her life. Still, for the most part, she's been able to carry on like anyone else. But some days, mothering three young, needy children is so tedious and frustrating and overwhelming that it feels like her world is going to cave in. And on that horrible morning, these normal mom frustrations compounded into a terrifying, monstrous fire that burned furiously inside her chest. A rage she could no longer control. I couldn't run away. I'm a stay-at-home mom with three young children. There was nowhere to go, she recalled. As a friend of Carrie's, I'll tell you this. 
She's mild-mannered and unassuming. She's a Christian woman. She's petite and thin and naturally beautiful. When you meet her, she seems chill and down to earth. She admits her faults and is funny. She seems to be patient and gentle with her kids. But under the surface, just like with all of us, there are fears and frustrations. And there is a very dark place. I'm sharing this story with you today because I want to be real. Because I believe we've all been here in some way. At some point, we've all felt that fire inside our chests. We may not have screamed at our kids or flung them onto their beds, but in some way, we've all felt that fire licking at the back of our throat. It's serious, and you don't have to do it. Stop yourself. Take it seriously. Get help. But please know that you're not alone. Whew. Wow. I wrote that six years ago, and doesn't it just take you right back to that feeling that is oh so relatable, that moment when you're just losing your cool with your kids and you can't control it anymore, that fires out of your mouth and all bets are off. So I wrote that post about six years ago, and I wanted to share right now a few things lately that have been helping me with the yelling at your kids struggle, the yelling at your kids journey, the yelling at your kids cycle that you may find yourself in the pit of right now as we're back and back to school and acting out and after school restraint collapse, which is a whole thing. If your kids are acting up after school, it's because they feel safe in your presence. I have whole posts about that. Go to my website to check them out, shejustglows.com. But a few of the things that have helped me with the shame of losing my cool with my kids that I wanted to share with you right now. The first one is give them a warning. See, what I realized was the majority of the shame that I feel when I yell at my kids is because I've been going on, again, just like Carrie in the story, I've been going on, I am having a neutral voice, I am trying to stuff this frustration that I'm feeling and I'm talking like this, please get your shoes on. The kids are not witnessing a change in the pitch of my voice or any verbal warning as to how frustrated I'm getting. And so understandably, when I finally blow up, it's terrifying because it's startling. It's unexpected. It feels to them possibly that it came out of nowhere because I wasn't warning them as the fire in my chest started growing. Now, I'm not saying this to excuse screaming at your kids, but this is something that's really helped me walk out of the shame, sort of like, you know, hit reverse, beep, 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 like I'm backing up off this shame path and I'm hitting drive again, turning the steering wheel and going onto a path of a motherhood where I accept myself, I'm working towards something every day and I don't wake up tomorrow feeling regret, right? That is the life of joy and purpose in a nutshell. It's making choices today that you won't wake up regretting tomorrow. And that is what I help women privately, one-on-one, -on -one, around the country do every single day. If you're interested in working with me, um, reach out on DM, reach out on my website, and we can connect. But when we talk about a life of joy and purpose when it comes to mothering, it's all about conducting yourself in a way that you don't regret tomorrow, right? 
So I give them a warning. What you'll hear a lot in my house is, you're frustrating me right now. And my kids know that I'm not a robot. And when they hear those words, you're frustrating me right now, that's their signal that if this continues to go on unchecked, I might yell. And so it's a warning sign to the fire that I feel building up in my chest. Does that make sense? Something else that I say with them a lot is, I don't want to yell at you, but you're really frustrating me right now. Can you please get this in check? It's really worked with my kids. And again, even if I do yell later, I feel less shame about it because at least I warned them, right? Again, this isn't an invitation to scream at your children, but you are allowed to be human. And that's something that's really helped me. The second thing that I really want to stress is know the difference between good and bad anger. So we've been, my husband and I have been in counseling with our pastor and something that he says that really resonates with me is you need to teach your kids how to argue. And so to do that isn't hiding arguments from them. It's actually um, discussing things in front of them so that they can see a constructive argument. That makes sense, right? If they never see anyone argue, they don't know how to do it in a healthy way or in a proper constructive way. Now, then the burden is you need to argue in a constructive way with your spouse in front of your kids. And that's a whole other, that's a whole other episode, right? But the same idea can apply to when you become angry. Show your children, not that you're never angry. That's impossible. You're human. They're human. They're going to have days when they're angry. Give them the gift of showing them how to exhibit anger in a healthy way instead of in a negative way. And again, that's giving a warning, leading up to it, being angry, but expressing that in a way that isn't screaming. So I love that that sort of like demystifies and decodes some of this shame that we can take on when we do get angry at our kids. There's nothing wrong with getting angry. There is something wrong with getting angry in a way that is destructive to them, right? The third thing that really helps me when it comes to shame that I feel after I lose my cool with my kids, guys, just say you're sorry. Find them, seek them out, get down on their level, look them in the eye and say, I am so sorry for getting that angry with you and for yelling at you like I did. That was wrong. I'm really, something that I actually told my kid the other day, I said, what did he get mad, what did I get mad at him about? And he like could not recover. Oh, he wasn't eating his snack. He asked for a, <laughs> so we're eating our after school snack. I have all four of my kids at the bar in the kitchen because it's the easiest way to feed them all um, simultaneously. And he had asked for beans and a tortilla, like a burrito, right? So I took the time to get the burrito out, made the whole thing. And then he decided he didn't like the burrito and didn't even want the tortilla. And I was like, just eat it. Like you asked for it, you like these things. It was just so exasperating because you like tortillas, you like beans, like just eat the eat the freaking burrito, man. I mean, shoot, if, if there's a burrito in front of me, I'm gonna eat it. I don't know about you guys. For whatever reason, I just harped on eat, at least eat the tortilla and I just sat there sort of yelling and berating my seven-year-old saying, just eat it now. Like it was bizarre. I don't normally do that with my kids. 
and he just shattered in front of me. And he went into his room and he said, I'm not eating anything. And he's my kid who is also just a real empath. So he's very sensitive to any sort of criticism when he feels anyone's disappointed in him. And I realized I'm really stressed about other things. I'm stressed about other things that happened in my day. And so I had to find him later once he cooled off and I said, I'm so sorry for acting that way about the burrito. I'm actually really upset about some other things and I took it out on you and that was wrong and you don't deserve that. I could just feel as I hugged him and whispered those words into his ear, I could feel his chest expand again. I could feel a looseness in his demeanor and all it took was apologizing saying I'm sorry. I don't know how old your kids are. My oldest is almost 11. But I find that kids are very forgiving. When we as adults admit when we're wrong, we are nine times out of 10 met with nothing but open arms and full forgiveness. It just brings tears to my eyes to think about. Kids are so beautiful in that way. They can teach us so much, can't they? So find them and just apologize. Again, you're teaching them the correct way to behave when we've messed up. The second point is know the difference between good and bad anger. The third point is just apologize and teach them what to do when we mess up. When they mess up, are they supposed to ignore it? Are they supposed to just keep going and say, oh, well, no. I'm, I'm willing to bet you probably encourage them to apologize or make it right. So model that. And I got to tell you guys, it feels so good to just apologize and get that forgiveness. And they don't always give it right away. They don't always give it right away. Yesterday, one of my sons got mad at me because he left the hose unwound on the dock and I asked him to roll it up and he didn't roll it up just how I like it, you know, like properly. It was just all like tangled and mangled and, you know, that don't fly with me. So he was mad that I, you know, had I, I asked him to go back down and do it properly. And it wasn't necessarily a time when I had to apologize afterwards. But when he got back up to me, I said, thank you for doing that. You did an amazing job. And I had my arms open for a hug. And he said, I'm not hugging you right now. So I respected that, but he came around later. Get on their level. Admit that you're wrong. Apologize. It feels so good. And something to think about is the freedom with which our children forgive us for the mistakes that we make every single day, whether it's yelling at them, whether it's ignoring them when they had a rough day and we didn't realize it. There are so many varied ways that we wrong our kids and may need to ask for forgiveness. What if with that open and free forgiveness that they lavish on us when we ask for it? What if today you could also forgive yourself? 
Forgive yourself for the times when you lost your cool. Forgive yourself when you were that stay-at-home mom who did feel absolutely trapped and had nothing else to do but scream and rage at the most innocent and convenient targets. Forgive yourself for not handling being stuck at home for a year in 2020 as you wished you would have. Forgive yourself for over drinking and not showing up as the mom that you wanted to be. Forgive yourself today and move forward. I'm so glad we got to do this today. Listen, everybody knows word of mouth is the best advertising. So if you liked what you heard, follow, share, leave a review. And there's so much more where that came from. Go to shejustglows.com to read words of encouragement and inspiration that you just might need today. There you'll also learn about my work as a life coach and how we can work together. My publications have been viewed more than 4 million times by moms around the world. We have such an amazing community. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and well, that's all I got right now. I've decided I'm too old for TikTok. Remember, you've got this. You are enough. I'll see you next time. And until then, you glow girl.